Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. And I have a very special part one, basically Halloween special edition episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. The next two episodes, this one airing today and the next one two weeks from now or basically a week and a half will be a Halloween themed episode. This one is basically part one, which will be some scary stories that are actually true And the next episode will be about what Halloween means to me with a little brief history on Halloween. We are into the mist of fall right now, even though on the East Coast today is an 80 uh, 80 degree day. It was about 67 degrees this morning when I woke up. Uh, It really kind of fluctuates with feeling like fall. You know, one morning it's cold, you go to work, you go to school with a hoodie on, and then when you come home, it's warm out. So I don't really know what's going on with the weather, but we are in the midst of fall, believe it or not. Um, Halloween, as of today, is 17 days away. So 17 days from now, we will have Halloween. And to the Ghostbusters news, it is, I believe, 33 days and 9 hours until the Ghostbusters Afterlife movie makes its appearance in movie theaters and if you are a Ghostbusters fan like me and by now all my listeners should know I am a Ghostbusters fan to the T we are counting down the days to basically a I wouldn't call it a rebirth or a reboot of Ghostbusters this is just a long overdue third movie basically in addition to now what we will call a trilogy Ghostbusters 1, Ghostbusters 2, and Part 3. And if you are a Ghostbusters fan, we all know this is almost like a Part 4 movie because if you played the Ghostbusters video game, the video game was like a third movie. You can go on YouTube and type in cinematic trailer of the video game and watch the entirety of the Ghostbusters video game uh, movie clips, which basically translates to a very good you know, storyline and movie. And that's what Ghostbusters, the video game, was to me. So in technicality, um, with all the cast members doing the voiceovers for the Ghostbusters in that video game, this is almost like a fourth movie. But I digress. This is the third movie in the Ghostbusters franchise. I do not personally count the reboot. And uh, to my friends that know me well, we all know why. And to add just one more piece to my news segment, which I found very crazy, Arizona... Um, inclement weather, which they call the monsoon, awake, a monsoon awakens hundreds of three-eyed dinosaur shrimps that had laid dormant and were awoken by the perfect mix of weather temperature to basically hatch out of their slumber. And these shrimp are now alive and kicking in Arizona. You can gladly Google that up and you can actually look into that to see what they look like. I will try to post a picture on my Instagram page for you guys to look at. Now, with Halloween just 17 days away, and if you have been watching TV, all of the Halloween specials and shows are on TV, and it is just my favorite time of year. I remember growing up as a kid and having my mom be the one to put me onto the paranormal, always watching tons of TV with her in regards to the paranormal Um you know, definition of paranormal, all the shows that had anything to do with ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, so on and so forth. But this particular time of the year is the best time of the year because this has everything to do with ghosts and UFOs or anything in general paranormal because we are literally days away from Halloween. And Discovery Plus, um, 
I one of the shows I watch on there, Expedition X, I was frequently strolling through there to see if Expedition X had any new episodes, which is with Phil Torres, Lisa Chobot, and Josh Gates, because I actually genuinely like their show for the sure fact that it's something that they did on another show, which I forgot the name of it. Um, but there was a woman named Ryder, and they went to these places to investigate unexplainable happenings. And I think Josh Gates was affiliated with that show as well. And they kind of branched the idea into this show, Expedition X. And Josh Gates gives them a mission of a place that has paranormal happenings. And they go there to investigate. And they were doing an investigation on one of the episodes of an old, um, basically, Marine Fort in uh, Alabama, I believe it was. And it was a very great episode, and all the new episodes for Expedition X are on there. Apparently, they were on for quite some time, because there's about six in total that started back in September, and I just totally did not check until two nights ago, and it was back on. Brand new episodes, brand new season, season four. So if you were a fan of that show, uh, I guess I can just tell you that, but... With all the paranormal shows out there and news and stuff, we are in the midst of fall, in the midst of Halloween, and a lot of stuff is just coming out there. And on this episode, I wanted to give basically two stories that resonated with me um, that I won't forget. One that I've known for some time, and the other one which was fairly recent that I watched and listened to on more than one occasion because it was that good, um, which came about me hearing about it in 2020 and I wanted to tell you guys these stories uh, and you know you can give me your input or let me know what you think about them uh, via my Instagram page which is SWAB underscore podcast and as well as my Twitter page which I use less frequently same Instagram uh, same social media tag SWAB underscore podcast but I wanted to do a story um, because I kind of go off a little bit and tell stories within my other podcast episodes that I have done in the past, but this is basically an episode full of two stories that are true, factual stories. One of them I did um, hear um, from a TV network that they claim to be true events that resonated with me that I will retell to my memory and my knowledge, which is something I have touched on in a prior episode. And the other one I will tell you after I tell tell you um, the story, which I will leave that one for the second story. So I'm going to get right on into it with the first story. Somewhere in the deep part of Texas in the week of July 4th, matter of fact, a day before, three men would do every year a fishing trip to go catch a live bait, a live fish rather, and bring the fish back the next morning on 4th of July to barbecue and have some beers with themselves and family. And as a tradition every year, they got ready the day before 4th of July. They had their boat that seated comfortably, three of them. They took a couple of cold ones, their fishing pole, everything they needed, and they left from off their little shoreline and took this boat to the deep part of the lake and ventured off to do their fishing so that they can bring back some grub for the next day. Now, there had been a story that one of these three men was told for quite some time since he was a boy that when you venture off this part of this lake, that you should not go to a certain area. That area is basically off limits. 
And these three men decided on this particular day to, that instead of going to the regular area, which they usually traverse and go in their boat, that they would go to the part of the lake less traveled. And that's what they did. And when they docked their boat and went to the area of the lake that was less traveled, they set up their poles, they set up their chairs, they had a couple of beers, and they sat back and fished into the late hours of the night, where it was not visible as much anymore. It was just the light that they brought that was connected to the generator or motor of the boat. And as it got later and they were fishing and they were getting slightly tired, they started hearing hearing some rumbling and noises in the woods. Now, these three men are outdoorsmen. They live in the heart of Texas, and they do realize that there could be animal and wildlife in the forest because they are in the middle of the forest now, docked off of this lake. And they start hearing this a little bit more. Now, for this particular boat trip, they had brought a boat that was a little older, which the motor on the boat was also itself a little older. And when they tried to turn the light on, it took some time for the light to kick back in because the engine or the motor of the boat was just a little dull or a little worn out from the age of it. When they finally heard the noise and got the light to turn on, they only caught a glimpse of what appeared to be some glowing eyes in the wood, eyes that none of the three men recognized. And now the noises, the brustling in the woods, decided to turn up a notch into groaning and grunting and loud noises that they didn't recognize. And to the men's knowledge, that wasn't a sound that any of them ever heard before. So now they are struggling to get the light back on because it went off again to try to actually catch what this particular thing that was making the sound was. And when they finally got the light back on yet a second time, they shined the light into the forest and saw this monster-like, almost between a cross of a reptilian slash werewolf thing, just staring at them, growling, looking at them to that one of them said when they finally locked eyes with it, with the light shining on it, that it sent chills down to their bones. And what made the situation worse is it was basically on all fours, until the creature looked at them so long, it decided to get up and stand on two feet, which it went from about three to four feet on all fours to eventually towering over seven feet while standing on just its back legs. Now, this scared the men to the point where the light cut off and they had to try to get this boat and get out of Dodge because even though they are in Texas and Texas is notorious for firearms and outdoorsmen usually carry firearms, these particular men on this day were only carrying their fishing poles for the fishing trip docked at the you know shoreline of this lake. And as they were trying to get everything on board the boat and get going, they actually heard the creature they initially saw basically send out a signal or a screech that wasn't familiar to the other sounds that it was making. And this screech sent chills down their spines yet again. And they looked at each other to basically signal to one another with their stare that it sounded like this thing was calling out to other ones. Now, as they're struggling to get everything on the boat, their fishing poles, everything that they had brought, they're also trying to get this boat started to take off into the lake. But because the boat is so old and the motor engine, whatever you want to call it, was not necessarily working because of the age, the boat was not starting and now they were starting to panic. When one of the men asked the 
person in charge of the light to get that light back on and shine it because we can't see what we're doing and we can't see if this thing is creeping up on us. When that light went back on a third time, there was more of them. It was the initial creature they saw plus another two or three. There was a herd of them and now they knew they were actually being hunted and whatever this creature was that can stand up on two legs, was standing over seven feet tall, is now more than one. It is about three or four of them. And now the person that was telling the story on the TV show that I watched and got this show, uh, story from that resonated with me, when I was listening to this man tell this story to me, as I'm relaying this story to you, I can see from my TV screen to his eyes, the emotion in his eyes, the sound of his voice that he was not acting. This was a pure 100% emotional story that this individual was telling. And he said, I feared for my life when I saw these creatures standing there because one was doable, but now there was more than one. And they felt that at this point in time, they were being hunted and they were all going to die. So as the man who was in charge of the light and the motor was struggling to get this boat on, the creatures began to come forward and make its make their final, you know, hunt from stalking to actually striking. And in the nick of time, the boat engine started and they pushed the boat from the shore, jumped on and sped off into the lake where the creatures stopped at the shore and stared at them, obviously not making the attempt to swim in the water and stay in the area where they were watching these men fish. When they got back to the shoreline where they had launched from in the morning, the man who was originally telling the story got out of the boat and cried to his wife, which he had stated in the initial story from the show that I watched, that he was not a man that would be emotional and cry and break down in front of his wife. And his wife initially thought that he was, you know, he was joking around, but she can sense too by the emotion and the tears that this was a genuine story, that he was in fact telling the truth. And now that man, whenever he goes into the woods in general, carries a firearm, and all three of those Texas men are very wary of the side of the lake that was less traveled and will not go to that side of the lake ever again because of an unknown cryptid that had seen in that part of the lake in Texas. Now, this is in fact a true story. And if you want to know where I got this story from, and if you are a avid listener in my show, I've mentioned this story before. There was a show during the pandemic called These Woods Are Haunted. And it only went, I think, about a season. And it only had a few episodes. But there was an episode where these three men, um, and they have it, you know, played out by actors, but the actual person is telling the story. And this story resonated with me the most. Out of all the episodes I watched, just for the fact that the man that was telling the story was so sincere in the storytelling. And it just stuck to me. And that was the, out of, let's say, 15 episodes that I watched of that show, that one story stuck with me. The genuine fear and emotion that he told that story in, that I just told to you guys, my listeners, was genuine. It was very heartfelt and he really did feel that he was in danger. And when he portrayed the story verbally on that television show, I felt it. And it is probably one of the most emotional, scary stories that I have heard that resonated with me that I had to tell my listeners. Because even though it's unghost and UFO related, it is cryptid related. And the one thing I believe in the world of the paranormal is that there are things that are undiscovered in the forest and in the water. 
and maybe something that we don't necessarily know too much about. We think animals are just these fur balls, tigers, bears that, you know, we know they have claws, they can be aggressive. But this thing, to these men telling the story, because there was actually more than just that one individual telling the story. The third man didn't want to be on film. But the both of them told the same told the same story and basically said that it was demonic. It looked like a very evil, malicious creature. And when these both both the men, but one in particular, told the story, it was very, you know, emotional and it resonated with me and it resonated so much with me that I told the story on my podcast just now. But if you're interested in catching that particular story and watching it play out on the TV screen, if you have Discovery Plus, go to the Travel Channel within the Discovery Plus app and type in These Woods Are Haunted and you will see that episode within the season. The second story we're going to get into takes place in New York. A Vietnam veteran was home a couple of years after the Vietnam War, and he had his wife and son in bed. And they were cuddling all night after a day out with the family, and at night they went to sleep. The Vietnam veteran in bed with his son, and the wife slept on the other bed to give them room. It was a long day, and they had been out all day. And the wife agreed, let's, let's let my husband sleep on the bed with, you know, with our son. You know, it looks cute. They're cuddling. It's everything is good. They had a long day. They went to the park. They went shopping the whole nine yards. So she slept on a separate bed that night and gave the bed to her husband and very young son, roughly around the age of eight to 10 months. And in the middle of the night, she got up and had to use the bathroom. And she went into the restroom and sat in there for a while brushed her teeth and used the, you know, the bathroom and she went back to try to go to bed refreshed after brushing her teeth and washing her hands the whole nine. And when she went to venture back into the bedroom where the bed was as well, she looked into the door frame right when she turned the corner from the bathroom and eventually saw a silhouette of a man grabbing the door frame of the door, looking at the father and son laying in bed. And the odd thing about this silhouette is she can make out military-like clothing in this silhouette of a man staring at her husband and her son. And she was scared and she stepped back, but she wasn't entirely scared where she ran or screamed. And she blinked her eyes a few times and within the times of blinking, the silhouette faded away. And the next morning, she didn't wake her husband up because she didn't want to wake her son up as well because it was a hassle to get the son to bed in the first place. And the next morning, once they got up for their morning coffee and refreshed all of them, she pulled her husband aside and said, you know, I saw something very strange last night. And in detail, she went to tell him that the silhouette of this man watching them sleep, her husband and son, had camo pants and a military-styled shirt and had hairstyle that was slicked back and was standing on a door frame with one arm on the frame and the other hand on his hip. And the husband got emotional and said, that sounds like someone that I knew in the Vietnam War that I became really good friends with, but he never made it back. So the man thought that after all these years that his friend that he lost in the war of Vietnam was watching over him and his son at a young age, that even though he didn't make it back, he still is watching over his good friend 
who made it back and now started a family. Now, this story is a true story heard personally from my family. My dad is a Vietnam veteran, and my mom and dad both told me this story. And that little boy laying in bed was me. And my dad told me many stories of Vietnam and many friends that he lost, and this was his particular friend that was watching him. And I'll never forget that story because it is one of the first ghost stories that I have ever heard. And really, before I saw the UFO in Halloween night of 1995, um, didn't believe it. But after seeing the UFO and seeing something that I thought was fake and getting into the paranormal and becoming an investigator, I believed the story well after the fact of being told it. And it's not the first time you hear stories of military people watching over their friends that are still alive because you form a bond in war so great and so strong because you're fighting with these people for freedom, but you're fighting to make sure that everybody comes back home. And in Vietnam, it was a war that many believed to not to be that we didn't need to be there. And when these men came home, they were mocked and yelled at and they weren't cheered. They were booed for being in this place, risking their lives. And they, the emotions they felt after being in the swamps of Vietnam, tripping over landmines, getting over traps of spikes that would come up and impale you. These men that did make it home had formed bonds with people that were in the forest in Vietnam. And one man covering another man's back, carrying the wounded so that no one was left behind. And unfortunately for my father, he lost that friend. But fortunately, in the afterlife, that friend watched over him and myself. So those are the two stories that I told today on this episode titled Scary Stories, part of a part one of part two, uh, part one of part two of two part episodes for uh, Halloween is my first episode doing a scary storytelling session. Um, I may do more like this, but in my eyes, I give credit where credit's due. Mr. Ballin on YouTube is the best scary storyteller in all of the paranormal world, oddities and craziness. And if you haven't heard Mr. Ballin, I will give him a plug because I love his stuff. Mr. Ballin on YouTube, type him in. He tells the best scary stories and he is a war veteran as well. So he has my utmost respect, but hands down, he's the best at it. And me, I'm just still a rookie at podcasting, but I had to give two stories because it fits the time of the year it is with the fall and Halloween coming up. And it's two stories that I personally was told that involved myself and one that resonated with me. And I wanted to do that on one of my episodes. So a couple more weeks and we have Halloween next month, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I know it's unrelated to the real world of Paranormal, but I am a big Ghostbuster fan. And I know anyone that's involved with Paranormal, um, for the most part, do like Ghostbusters. So we're counting down the days. I would like to thank the Anchor app for always giving me the opportunity to do these podcast episodes. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it is a free app that lets you get your podcast going. It is easy and quick to use. You can have it on your laptop, phone, or computer desktop. It gives you everything you need to start your podcast, and it is completely free. And you can even make money from doing your podcast with Anchor. Just click on the link and instructions within the app, 
and you can see how to do that. So if you have a podcast idea, 100% use Anchor. That's what I use. If you want to find me on social media, the Say What Again Billy podcast is under the social media tag of SWAB underscore podcast. And until next time, this has been another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast.